Progression on me, progression on three. Welcome to the Tulsa Progression Podcast. Here, we love to talk, teach, and learn local music. Remember to give your opinion because here, your opinion matters. Now, introducing your host, the creative, King Spencer. I appreciate you, Sugar Paw, Sugar Paw Honey Bun. That sounds so corny, but I got to call you something new every single episode, Gorgeous. So bear with me as uh, as I get more and more creative. But hey, y'all, welcome to the Tulsa Progression Podcast, where we talk, teach, and learn Tulsa music. And remember to give your opinion, because here, your opinion matters. Um, before we jump into it, make sure you guys subscribe, like, comment, follow, whatever you watching on, listening on, uh, you know, that also, that helps tremendously whenever you do those things. So, you know, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you're doing those things. But, uh, you know, speaking of the show, man, it's such an honor to have you guys back here with me. I've been looking at my numbers on my podcast dashboard and they're just going up. So um, it's awesome to see the the growth and the from the consistency of staying, you know, dedicated to this. This is what, like my fifth or sixth episode so it's a good feeling, man. I set my mind out and it's happening. So I appreciate you guys tuning back in. I know last week when I was talking to you guys, I was telling you that I was doing that fast where I was only drinking water for the entire day. And you would think when you do a fast like that, you come out like with the most patience ever. But nah, that was not the case for me. I did that fast and I probably came out with less patience than I did before I went in. So, you know, um, I guess that's just how it is, man. When you're trying to work on yourself, you're going to be tested. And I was definitely tested. I would say probably like 12 hours into my fast. I mean, after my fast, I just felt like all of the, like, I, I, I felt like I was better. But, you know, God was like, oh, okay, you think you're better? Watch this. Threw me a curveball, and boy, did I strike out. I struck out, my guy. I was throwing stuff all around the room, like doing stuff I don't even normally do. So, you know, man, but you know, that's part of it. I want to say it was a, 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 it's a Bible verse in the Bible, like Proverbs, somewhere in Proverbs, man. I'm still getting gamed up, so y'all gonna have to bear with me on my uh, sites, site, uh, sorting my site, sort, citing my sources. But uh, it was just basically like, you know, a, a, um, a just man will fail and continue to try whilst the wicked will just, you know, fall into mischief, basically saying that, you know, when you working on yourself, you're going to fail a lot. You know what I'm saying? But it's the it's it's um, just whenever you become content with just being wicked that you have you know you've given in to temptation and you like you've ultimately failed so you know fail y'all fail and keep trying and trying and trying and trying until you get it figured out man i know i gotta start over and try again but you know it's a blessing to um to even be interested in working on yourself you know what i'm saying so you know shout out to my people out there working on themselves. But uh, a couple more announcements before we jump into today's topics. Uh, Juneteenth Festival is coming up. It's like the 17th, it's 16th, 17th, 18th. Uh, down, downtown Tulsa, Black Wall Street, Greenwood. Make sure y'all come out and support the progression. I will be out there uh, for the Friday, for Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Um, well, the 17th and the 18th, I'll be out there selling the progression shirts. I'd love for you guys to come chop it up with me. Come get you a shirt. You know what I'm saying? Tell me what y'all think about the podcast, whatever. If you out there, come show some love. And, um, and also, you know, we got a lot of dope projects about to be dropping soon. We got Rob Marley with Alexis Renee, Sanaa. Um, the Green Room Entertainment, they whole, they whole gang is dropping real soon. Raquel and I finally work with Highland again. I can't wait for y'all to see what I put together with Raquel and Highland Star. Man, this summer is going to be crazy, y'all. So I hope that y'all out there staying hydrated and, you know, y'all taking care of y'all business, staying focused because this heat is going to have a lot of people doing a lot of crazy stuff this summer, man. So I just hope everybody's staying prayed up, gamed up, and, uh, you know, let's get into it. This is the Total Progression Podcast. We're going to take a short break before we jump into our topics. So make sure y'all subscribe, follow, like, comment, share, all of that good stuff. I'll see y'all back in a second. What's good, everyone? 
This is IndiePod Media, a local hip-hop news source organically curated in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We represent the whole state of Oklahoma, covering news, sports, music, and much more. Give us a follow on Instagram and head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe now and stay up to date with people you like to hear. Shout out to the Tulsa Progression Podcast for keeping everything going. Yo, what's going down? It's your boy King Spence, and welcome back to the Tulsa Progression Podcast, where we talk, teach, and learn Tulsa music. And remember, give your opinion because here your opinion matters. What does that even mean? That means that comment, talk to me, say what you're thinking, disagree, agree, whatever's on your mind, speak to me, man. This is a conversation. This is a discussion board for Tulsa. And, you know, anybody else who's interested in the topics. But this is a discussion board. So trust me, people watch and people read those comments. So, you know, let's talk about it. All right. So the first thing we'll be talking about today is how the best artists in Tulsa are blowing up. This is what the best people in the state, more, yeah, more specifically the state, not necessarily just Tulsa. This is what they're doing to really develop the following and the, 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 exposure and you know just the the talk that they getting um we're gonna talk about a few of those artists and some of the things that they've done that they're doing and what you should be doing if you're not one of these artists to kind of help gain this same type of momentum so in in oklahoma i honestly believe that within the next two to four years we'll have multiple mainstream tastemaking artists a tastemaker is basically like an artist that, you know, whenever they drop, that's what that's what the masses are are flocking to. You know what I'm saying? So like right now, I would say that people like um Moneybag Yo, Rod Wave, NBA Youngboy, Drake. Whenever these people drop, they can't miss. Like these are the tastemakers. And uh I honestly believe that here in Oklahoma. We're already developing one with Gang Ta June, but I feel like, you know, once he really surfaces, you know, two, three more people are gonna come up right behind him just just by design, you know what I'm saying? But um, one of the things that I'm noticing that the smartest people, I ain't gonna call you the smartest people, I'm just gonna say the most popular people in the state of Oklahoma, what they're doing is something that anybody can do but they're just the ones who's figured it out. So I'm gonna share some of those things with you. So one thing that these guys are doing are basically bridging the gap between Tulsa and Oklahoma City. These are two huge markets in a sense of, you know, being a local artist. You can be a very popular local artist, but that only means so much. But you got to understand that Oklahoma City, even Lawton, are cities that's ex the same size as Tulsa, if not bigger. Oklahoma City, more specifically, is bigger than Tulsa. But you know what I'm saying? Lawton is not that much smaller. And these are these artists are basically saying, OK, I got my town on lock. My town knows who I am. Let me go start branching out to these other communities and letting them know who I am and, you know, seeing if I can make something shake. So you got people like the Fila, the whole Fila project, the whole compilation, the album, excuse me, is a mixture of Tulsa, Lawton, Oklahoma City is just a whole collaboration of artists and you wonder why it gets the type of press and the type of attention that it does. It's simply because they doing what a lot of artists should be doing and that's working together. There's been like this division between Oklahoma City and Tulsa uh, for the entire time that I've been coming up and I'm noticing that now that 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 line is starting to fade. It's, it's going away because of what artists like the people associated with Fila are doing. And then you got people like Cuddy Forever. We all saw that Fast Cash collaboration that he did. That was dope. But even just recently, I saw him working with um, with uh, Sweet Life, the photographer based out of Oklahoma City. Like, that's big because what's going to happen now is Sweet Life is going to share his content of Cuddy Forever and now all these people that follow him from Oklahoma City is going to be like, who is this? And they're going to 
chip tap into Cuddy and be like, oh, okay, bro, you're dope. And they're going to start following. And then you see the whole snowball effect from that. But that's the big deal about what the best artists in Oklahoma are doing. They are bridging the gap between their city and other cities. And they're doing this through various forms. But before I go into detail, I want to speak on a few other people. Let's not forget Tulsa's biggest artist right now, Gang Ta June, and how he's been recording music in Oklahoma City-based studios and also in Tulsa-based studios. He's been using a Oklahoma City-based DJ. Shout out to DJ Wayne and this thing. Like, come on now. It was it would have been so easy for June to take any Tulsa-based DJ. But I feel like that's like a chess move to to use your influence to work with somebody that's equally influential from a different city in Oklahoma. Like, do you know how easy it would have been for him to say, hey, I want Oklahoma, like, it would have been a long line of people, but he was like, nah, I'm gonna work with the city and look how, look how that's affected his career. Not to mention um, working with Oklahoma City-based artists like Neighborhood Barbie, you know what I'm saying? He just did another one with Demo two times, and I, I'm not sure if he's from the city, but I know he's somewhere close to the city if he's not. But this is just kind of the point that I'm trying to make of simply getting out of your box. Once you've done what you can in Tulsa, start reaching out to the city. like. Oklahoma City specifically. I'm not even going to start listing a whole bunch of places. I'm going to say Oklahoma City specifically because it's a market of people that listen to the same music we listen to. They got the same trends, the same fashions, plus or minus a few minor tweaks. But overall, Oklahoma City and Tulsa people is the same people. It's not as big of a difference as it is from Tulsa people to Los Angeles people or Tulsa people to New York people. There's not that huge of a difference. There's really not even that huge of a difference between Tulsa and Dallas people. It's just a few minor tweaks, but we all in the same region and we kind of all got the same commonalities. So I would suggest that if you from Tulsa, start and you've done what you could here, start reaching out to the city and, and doing some of the things that these people are doing. And um, I've created a list of things that I think, you know, you could, could used to kind of specifically target your decision-making or your your, uh, your goals and plans whenever you do look into doing some of these things. So one thing I would suggest you do is use Oklahoma City-based locations. If you're from Tulsa and you're trying to, and you're trying to drive up your Oklahoma City engagement, go to Oklahoma City, use their skyline, use some of their restaurants, do some stuff that's gonna make Oklahoma City connect more with whatever art you putting together. Make them, make create a conversation, make them talk about it. Do something to make them wanna talk about what it is you're doing and bridge that gap of that Oklahoma City Tulsa. Um, another thing you can do is work, network with different producers. That's another thing I forgot to mention that Five One did, that June did, is that he was working with GQ, sauce me up GQ on some of his project. You know what I'm saying? Re go, go to Oklahoma City, create the um, relationships, tap in with some producers that's out there, and same thing for people in Oklahoma City. Come here to Tulsa, tap in with our producers, tap in with our locations. You know what I'm saying? And create that conversation and make people connect with the work that you put with your art. You know what I'm saying? But let me stay on topic. Go to Oklahoma City, work with some of those producers, GQ and some of the other people. GQ is the only one I can think of right off the top of my head real quick. But I'm, bro, there's probably more producers out there than there are here. Uh, Rob Stovall, the one who's producing for uh, Mo3, like Mo3's legit producer is from Oklahoma City. Like, yo, we got, we, two hour, hour and 30 minutes away, like from a whole market of people who doing just as much big shit, excuse me, big stuff as we are. So let's go down there and let's connect. Um, another thing you can do is hire different photographers and videographers, similar to what Cuddy Forever did. Go down there and work with some of their videographers, work with trade auctions. Gang Ta June started off, well he didn't start off, but 
some, in the midst of his career, he was working with Trey Ductions. And look, there's no surprise that he has a huge Oklahoma City following. Get out there and work with some of their well-known, renowned, respected videographers. Don't go out there rolling the dice on new people that's just getting started. I wouldn't suggest that. But, you know, the people who kind of got a name and got a following and kind of developed some respect in their city, go out there and work with them. And the same thing for Oklahoma City. Y'all come here and work with some of our photographers and our videographers. We got people like Take a Shot, who's like Kevin Gates, a full-time photographer, tour photographer. You know what I'm saying? Right here from Dallas, but he's based right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's a whole following of people that you guys can be exposed to. But um, another thing that you can do is give yourself a chance to connect with, uh, to create and connect with new fans and followers in Oklahoma City. I'm gonna I'm gonna always use June in my um, in my examples because bro got the perfect model to use to teach people. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't have the kind of confidence to go to Oklahoma City and try to build up a, 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 a video shoot that includes OKC natives. But June did, and I suggest that you guys follow that model and say, hey, I'm going to go shoot my music video in Oklahoma City, and I'm going to invite whoever want to be a part of it. Like, it takes confidence to do something like that. And look how it turned out for June. Like, oh, my goodness. There was so many people out there. Now, I'm, I wouldn't suggest, I wouldn't uh, encourage you to think that, you know, you doing that, it's going to turn out that way. But I am just trying to show you guys to open yourself up to the possibilities. Imagine if June never did that. Like, if June didn't have the confidence or the idea to do that, you feel me? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, develop some confidence to go try something new and give something like that a shot. And, um... You know, outside of that, I think I would, I'll be interested in seeing more collabs that include places more than just Lawton, Oklahoma City, and Tulsa tied together. I would like to see more with Ugmuggie and Muskogee and, you know, the other, you know, other parts of Oklahoma that we, you know, in Tulsa generally don't even think about that's like over there in the Panhandle area. I don't know, but trust me, hip hop is everywhere. But, um, yeah, if you somebody that's from Oklahoma in general and you tapped in on this podcast, you know, drop a comment. Let them know where you at and tell us about the music scene out there and how we can get involved. Because, trust me, here in Tulsa, we love expanding and getting involved with other cities and, you know, spreading the word about our music and our stories and, you know, and our history. And we love to connect with people. So, you know, that's what I think uh, you guys should do. This is what the best people, the best, most popular artists in Oklahoma are doing, connecting, bridging those gaps between cities and creating the even bigger following. But that's all that I got for the first topic. Make sure you guys follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll be right back after this break. Yo, what up? This is Big Wayne918. I'm the ultimate content creator from Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you need somebody to host an event, make announcements, I'm the man to talk to. Big Wayne 918. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Big Wayne 918. Shoot me an email, thebigwayne918 at gmail.com. Be sure to like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I have a whole lot of dope content. It's where you can stay up to date on what it is I got going on. So, yeah, Big Wayne 918. Yeah. Yo, what's going down? It's your boy King Spence, and we are back with the Tulsa Progression Podcast where we talk, teach, and learn Tulsa music. And remember to give your opinion here because here, your opinion matters. So the next topic that we'll be talking about today is three places, three great places to network when you come to Tulsa. These are like some great go-to spots if you just want to meet new people that's involved in the music industry here in Tulsa. If you just want to, you know what I'm saying, expose yourself to new people who enjoy Tulsa music. Um, Whatever your interest may be that has to do with Tulsa music, these are good go-to places to, you know, get involved. Tulsa is a very united city. Um, It's not uncommon for us to have very consistent meeting opportunities for, you know, that, that, that consist of the arts, you know what I'm saying? More specifically, music. Um, And I've put this list together because I feel like if you're new to Tulsa 
and you know you really you have a genuine interest in just meeting people that make music and you know that that love music it'd be nice to have like something like this that says hey here are a few places that you can get exposed to these things and through getting exposed to these places you'll also be exposed to even more opportunities because that's one thing that's generally happening you know throughout the world you go to an event chances are you're going to be exposed to another upcoming event just being at these events so um these aren't all events these are also places that um but i'm going to go ahead and get into it uh the very first place that i want to uh introduce to you guys if you haven't if you aren't already familiar is the black wall street liquid lounge this is a great place to network here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because this is a place that, um, first off, is owned by Cody Ransom, and if it's not owned by him, he manages it, but I believe he is the owner. Cody Ransom, at Cody Ransom, um, and this is a, it's like a, think of a Starbucks. It's like a Starbucks on Black Wall Street, and this is a place where people like myself love to go. Um, I often meet other music musicians there uh, something special about the black wall street lounge is this this is probably one of the one places you can go on black wall street that within three people you are connected to everybody in tulsa one out of three people can get you in contact with anybody you need to get it whether a crackhead stole your purse out of your car you can go to the black wall street liquid lounge and ask three people have they seen this person one of them gonna know if you need to get in touch with the mayor of tulsa you go to the black wall street lounge and ask three people one of them can get you that man's phone number i'm telling you like this is one of the most diverse one of the most connected places you can be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I love going there because um, Cody is a good friend of mine and I just like to go there and catch up with him. And I've even done interviews there. I've done, um, what else have I done there? I think that was, oh yeah, um, playing chess in there like it's a lot of stuff that you can do a few things that you can do there is you know you can eat mingle meet people it's a workplace you could chill watch tv play video games and you know just you know just lounge you know what i mean it's like a starbucks anything you can do at a starbucks you can do here and more so you know i will highly suggest that you know if you're ever in tulsa or if you're from tulsa and you're just looking for a place to meet more people that's involved in the arts this is a a1 place to go but that's one place and y'all can follow them on instagram at bws underscore ll that's short for black wall street liquid lounge bws underscore ll check the podcast notes or the description and i'll also have that in cody's instagram there if you want to reach out to them ask them any questions about upcoming events or a good time to come in happy hours whatever hit them up and figure all that out um the next spot is uh, something sponsored by Natural Roots Dispensary. It's called Rock the Mic Wednesdays at the Juice Maker Lounge. Um, DJ Wally DJs this. It's hosted by David Puffin. And this is a pretty dope event because it's like an open mic night, so to speak. And uh, it's a good place to, you know, just go hang out and get exposed to new talent. Um, I've listed a few things that you can expect from going to an event like Rock the, Rock the Mic Wednesdays with David Puffin. Uh, you can, you know, just go there and mingle. It is a club environment, club setting. So, you know, you can have some drinks, uh, mingle with some people. You actually can perform there. Um, you can enjoy some entertainment from, you know, music from DJ Wally, which is gonna be the best music that you can hear in the town. And also, you know, some live performances from, you know, people from Tulsa and from outside of Tulsa. I've actually saw somebody that was from like St. Louis perform there one time. Uh, you can also win some money. My understanding is that they'll pay whoever get the crowd the hypest, you know what I'm saying? So if you're pretty confident in your performance skills and you think your music is dope, I would suggest you go there and give it a shot. But despite all of that, if you ever just want to get your network on, this is a great spot to be because there's all, there's always local artists there. And, um, you know, there's always people who support 
local artists there. So it's a good spot to, you know, get exposed to people. So, you know, um, Rock the Mic Wednesdays with uh, DJ Wally and David Puffin. Um, you can actually follow them on Instagram if you want to ask them any questions. Uh, Dave, uh, David Puffin is David underscore Puffin, P-U-F-F-I-N. I actually will have uh, his Instagram in the podcast podcast note podcast notes if you want to hit them up and let them know like hey man i'm interested in how i can get involved i want to meet you whatever i don't know hit them up and see what you can figure out you know what i'm saying but this is one of the one of the spots to do stuff like that and they do it on wednesdays i believe it's every wednesday if not like every other wednesday but uh yeah man check them out um and then the last spot that's a great place to network in Tulsa is something that I've mentioned on this podcast plenty of times, the Soul Body Ciphers. And uh, ironically enough, the next event is June 17th, uh, which is in what, four days. Um, so, you know, this is a great spot to network because it's gonna be like, you know what I'm saying, 50% creators there, anything from influencers to rappers, singers, poets, DJs, producers, all videographers, photographers, all of these types of people are going to be present in the building. So this is a great place to go and meet, shake hands, tell people about what you're interested in, what you're working on, and, you know, get some people on board with whatever you're trying to get people involved with. Um, it's downtown Tulsa, and uh, the number one person to contact for this will be Soul Body Meta. Uh, his Instagram will also be linked in the podcast notes, description, whatever you watching or listening on. But yeah, man, those are three places that I feel like are A1 places to network if you want to meet new people or talk to new people about what they working on, whatever you're interested in, this is the place to go to get connected with creators. You know what I'm saying? But uh, again, that's the Black Wall Street Liquid Lounge, Natural Roots, uh, excuse me, uh, Rock the, Rock the Mic Wednesdays at the Juice Maker Lounge and the Soul Body Ciphers. But um, these are the most consistent places. Um, there are more that we can talk about on the podcast later, but for now, these are the three. And um, these are just places that offer, offer the opportunity to just meet with new people, you know what I'm saying, and do that networking. So, you know, check them out, give them a follow, tell them that King Spence told you about them, you know what I'm saying? But um, that's pretty much it for this portion of the podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe, like, comment, tell me what you guys think, tell me like some other spots going on in Tulsa that are good places to network, and tell me about y'all experiences with some of these places, because I'm sure some of you all have been there. But um, that wraps up this portion of the podcast. We'll be right back after this break. What's good, everyone? This is IndiePod Media, a local hip-hop news source organically curated in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We represent the whole state of Oklahoma, covering news, sports, music, and much more. Give us a follow on Instagram and head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe now and stay up to date with people you like to hear. Shout out to the Tulsa Progression Podcast for keeping everything going. Yo, what's going down? It's your boy King Spence, and I'm back. Welcome to the Tulsa Progression Podcast, where we talk, teach, and learn Tulsa music. And remember to give your opinion, because here, your opinion matters. Now, today we're going to kind of shake things up a little bit, man. Our third topic is something that's kind of near and dear to me. It's special. It should be fun. Um, I want to talk to you guys. I want to have a discussion with you guys about who y'all think makes the best pain music coming out of Oklahoma. Now, I did want to do just Tulsa, but I, I just got to get my just due to a couple of Oklahoma City-based artists because I listen to them so much. But, um, you know, when I say pain music, what I'm saying is, like, how well do you think these guys are relate, relaying their story their pain-related story in their music. You know what I'm saying? So I got four artists that I want to bring into this discussion. And if y'all guys, if you think that we should involve somebody else in this discussion, involve them. Let me know who y'all think they are. And, you know, make sure y'all drop those links to those songs so I can hear them. But um, if 
one way I like to classify this is if you could, if you're doing a four hour drive from Tulsa to Dallas, right? You only get to listen to one of these artists. Which one is it gonna be? But we're going be simply based off of they pain music. We're not doing a whole catalog, only they pain music. So the um, first person I wanna uh, bring into the discussion is Lil South. Lil South is actually an Oklahoma City based artist, but shout out to him, you know what I'm saying? We showing you some love on the Tulsa Progression podcast today. Um, Bro be having that pain music, you know what I'm saying? He got all different genres, you know what I'm saying? But we talking about that pain music today. He got this one record called Away. That life up and down, they come. Yeah, y'all already know how it go. Go check it out. But um, yeah, we got Lil South that we got to bring into the discussion. Also, No Hezo, another guy that's out of Oklahoma City. I've talked about him on my YouTube channel plenty of times. Bro is nice. He got he got a few records. He got that Kill Satan, Sins, Bounce Back. These are all records that I would classify as like pain music. They fall in multiple genres, but they definitely fall in that pain genre that I'm describing as well. And of course, we got to use Tulsa's very own Gang Ty June. Come on now. Who 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 else? You know what I'm saying? When it comes to pain music, bro is killing it. Lost Clouds, Cold Shoulder, Five One Savior. You know what I'm saying? Like these are these are some dope records. And then the last person is also from Tulsa, and that's Cam the Side Nigga. Help me, Jumping Cable, Nosy. Come on, man! Like these are all some dope records coming straight from Tulsa, and they all like pull emotion out of you. They are like all emotion filled records. So that's what I kind of want to talk to you guys about. Like when it come down to Lil South, No Hezo, Gang Tie Joe, and the Side Nigga, which one do y'all think making the best pain music? So I sat here and I thought about it. I'm the one who put the question together. So I'm sitting here thinking, I'm in here geeking because I'm like, I feel like Cam get a little extra sauce because he can't sing, but he still can pull that like goosebump, shivery, hair on your neck, stand up emotion out of you with some of the stuff that he be saying. But I, I, I pulled out a few of the songs that I really liked from a few of them. Um, Awake from Lil South. Um, no Hezo got this record that's called Kill Satan. Bro, that song is powerful. I've listened to that song probably like close to 500 or more times. I've like I know that whole song word for word. Like that that's a special song to me. And uh I think that that like bro really like bro really visited a very interesting place in that record just in the hook alone. And then June, I mean, I feel like June came up off of telling stories. You know what I'm saying? Like Lost Clouds and on his new album, Cold Shoulder. And then, the come on, the Fire One Savior is like one of the songs that made him very popular. You know what I'm saying? Just the, it's just the stuff that he be saying in his songs. And it's all like, you know, like pain related music. You know what I'm saying? And then Cam, oh man, bros, all, every record that Cam drop, it's rare that Cam drop a song that he just like flexing or, or almost everything that Cam drop is like a, a story. You know, like not necessarily like from front to end of story, but just like experiences and trauma and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, it's very transparent in his music as well. But y'all tell me what y'all think, man. I'm just trying to kind of expose y'all to what I think. If I had to pick one of these people. All I could do is make sound effects, man. Oh no, man. If I could only pick one between South, Hezo, June, and Cam, what? I don't even know, man. I had to come back to that. I had to come back to that. If I had to force the answer out right now, it really depends on what kind of mood I'm in, though. Because if I'm in Oklahoma City, off tops, I'll be listening to Hezo. Just whenever I see the Oklahoma City skyline, something in me just make me turn on that, that Hezo song, that Kill Satan, just that whole living proof uh, 
mixtape album that he got. You know what I'm saying? I don't even. I think that's really the reason why I like him. It don't even be that the quality of the visual is dope. It just be that the quality of the message is dope. You know what I'm saying? So I really can't pick it. Mostly just depend on the setting that I'm in. But man, y'all let me know what y'all think out of those few guys. I love to have this conversation and hear what people gotta say without the hating though. Cause I remember last time I did this, it was like a lot of hating going on. Like if you ain't got no no solid opinion about it, man, just you know, just just put it where the sun don't shine. But if you got a a a, a you know a scholarly you know what I'm saying? Knowledgeable opinion about why y'all think who is best at making that pain music. I'd love to hear what y'all got to say. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like all these guys do a great job of relating pain through they through they art. And shoot, I just had to shout them out. But um, that's all I got for this portion of the Toast Progression Podcast. Y'all let me know what y'all think in the comments. Subscribe, like, comment, all of that good stuff, man. And uh, I'll see y'all back after this break. Yo, what up? This is Big Wayne918. I'm the ultimate content creator from Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you need somebody to host an event, make announcements, I'm the man to talk to. Big Wayne918. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Big Wayne918. Shoot me an email, thebigwayne918 at gmail.com. Be sure to like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I have a whole lot of dope content. It's where you can stay up to date on what it is I got going on. So, yeah, Big Wayne918. Yeah. Yo, what's going down? It's your boy, King Spence, and welcome back to the Tulsa Progression Podcast, where we talk, teach, and learn Tulsa music. And remember to give your opinion, because here, your opinion matters. Now, for our fourth segment of today's podcast, I got a very, very, very special guest for you all. Today, we're going to be chopping it up with the label. So I'm going to give y'all a brief introduction before I introduce my guest on. This person who we'll be talking to today is the first lady of Inglewood. <laughs> She has represented some of my favorite artists, some of your favorite artists behind the face of Atlantic Records over the years. She's a colleague of mine for over five years. Um, she's a commissioner, agent, advisor, scout, artist, creator. Hey, y'all, give it up for Lady T. What's going on, T? Hey, y'all. Hey, Spence. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to interview you. I'm proud of everything that you're doing. You know what I mean? Man, I'm so happy that I was able to get you on here. I was fighting for it. I know you're busy, so you know, man, I'm glad you made time for this to all work out so that we can Definitely. get dope content. But man, I know you're busy, so we're going to jump straight into it. So the very first thing that I want to talk to you about is just like your experience with working at the label. So tell us a little bit about some of the labels that you have worked for. So the labels I work for, I work for Sony Music Group. I work for Warner Music Group, and I also work for Universal Music Group. <laughs> so that's all three major labels, you know what I mean? So at these labels like Sony, Warner, uh, what what are some of the um, titles that you that you held at those companies? A&R coordinator, executive assistant to the president. I only assist presidents. Like, I'm not downgrading anybody that's not a president, but if I'm going to be side by side with you, like, I definitely got to soak in knowledge from the person that's at the very top. You get that's what I'm right. saying? So I work as an assistant to the president. I work as A&R coordinator, and I also worked as a marketing manager. Okay, so what are some of the roles that something like, you know, assistant for the president or, you know, the, the coordinator roles? What, like, what's some of the things that you are tasked to do? Well, working for an assistant to a president, you got to make sure that everything just moves 100% smooth for them. You know what I mean? Like, right. they got to have the easiest day ever. So, of course, it's answering their phones. Of course, it's putting stuff on their schedules. It's making sure their transportation for meetings and flights and all of that is on board. It's also making sure that they meet their deadlines. So, everybody, like, they're sending stuff over. We got I got to make sure that the president is actually seeing it, reviewing it. We're also approving budgets, so I'm reviewing expenses, stuff like that. So, I'm not saying that you want to be on my good side. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? But if you want to get to that president, it's definitely coming through me. That's so you right. can reach out and you want to schedule a meeting. If me and you don't get along, who knows if you're going to get that meeting? Because I may right. just be like, oh, yeah, 
they're busy. Oh yeah, it's no available time right now. Oh yeah. yeah. Or if I love you, like I could just jump you up to the top, you know? Yeah, that's right. And it depends on your relationship with that president. Every president that I worked with, we was we worked together. You know, like I never say I work for somebody. I work with somebody. That's you right. know, so we work together. We're a team. And when you're a team, of course they're going to ask for my opinion the same way I ask for their opinion. Right. So not only that, I personally feel that working side by side with a president, although one thing I want people to know is that there's really, I'm not going to say there's no room for growth. And the reason why I say that is because it's like, you can't move up to be the president. Do you get right. what I'm saying? Right. There's no way there's, you're not going to move up. You can move out, but you're not going to move up to that position. But one thing I will say is that working with the president you get to build so many relationships with other high up executives. And not only that, you get to see hands on everything that's going on in other departments, because at the end of the day, they all have to report to that president. That's right. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And this relationship that I have with T is special one, because the very first time that I've ever been inside of a record label was because you took me into Atlantic and I let remember. me check out the office, <laughs> meet some of the people that you work with. That was dope to just go in there and see, you know, like Nipsey Hustle CD and just all those famous people just like right there. And it's like, that's where you were working at. So, you know, that was special to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you was able to experience that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because even like with me growing up, I always wanted to get inside that building. Exactly. So with me being an artist, like the first, my very first job was a receptionist at a record label. And my friends would be like, why you want to be a receptionist? And to me, it was like, yo, I'm going to be a receptionist. Everybody that come through those doors, they got to walk past me. That's Everybody right. that call, they got to talk to me first. So when yeah. I say my Rolodex, like I got everybody's number, I got everybody's number i was literally going through my phone probably like a couple of months ago and i ran across aretha franklin's number and Look, i'm like that's what crazy. the hell yeah. See I, see, I wanted to roll out some of the people who I know that you work with, but I ain't want to disclose nothing that I don't know if it could be disclosed yeah. or not. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, um go ahead. No, keep going. Okay, so like the artists I work with, like I'm from the West Coast, of course. You said it right. Inglewood. That's right. You know what I mean? I'm from the West Coast. I'm from California. Working at Atlantic Records, I basically work with all the West Coast artists. So I worked with Roddy Rich, of course, when he first got signed. OT Genesis, you know what I mean? Um, they have Ty Dolla Sign on their roster, Joe Moses, stuff like that. And then the thing too is that with me being an artist, one reason that I worked at the label is because I want to gain all the knowledge so then I could also help my friends that's not inside of those buildings and help that's independent right. artists. So independent artists that I worked with that did very well is J-Song. So working with J-Song, shout out to J-Song. Working with J-Song, I was able to get him number two on iTunes, you know, and that's it's big hard. for independent artists. We right. got our strategy. You know, I don't know if he's telling people the strategy, which I'm going to keep like closed mouth, yeah. but we got our strategy and how to do it, you know? So, yeah, see, but I just dope. say all this to say, you get inside those labels, you learn everything that you could possibly learn and you just go and you be able to help your friends. That's what makes me feel good. That's right. Because my friends are able to do it on a major scale without having to sign to a major label, you know? All right, so that's what's going to drive my next question is like here in Tulsa, you know what I'm saying? Pretty much it's, it's a way smaller market, obviously, than it is out there in L.A. But one thing that is kind of a big deal is when you got a local artist that's like almost offended by the term local, you know what I'm saying? But I want to know with you being a big city girl, what is the difference between a local artist and an industry artist? Like what what separates what? is the actual thing that separates local from industry. What separates is where you're known at. You know what I mean? So hold on one second. It's where you're known at. So if you're only known locally, you have to get known globally because right. you're only going to have local success. You know what I mean? You have to get known in other regions, in other areas. And the way to do that, well, a way that I would suggest for people to do that 
is to start doing collaborations with other big local artists in other places. So just say for, yeah. So it was like, everybody has a local celebrity. You get what I'm saying? Every city has a local celebrity that's popping in a city. So mm-hmm. you have to find that other artist that's popping in another city and y'all collaborating, y'all do songs together. And just when you go to that. that city now, yeah, and if you could do it from every city to city to city, that's all you need and you're going to end up being known worldwide without the label because you was on every local artist's project. Right. So you've been behind the stage, you've been behind the scenes at the label. One thing I want to know is, do you have to be famous to be rich and successful in music? Well, it depends on what your definition of success is, you know? So you... The question was, do you have to be famous to be rich and successful? You don't have to be famous to be rich and successful. In, no. in, in the music industry, though. In the music industry, no. You don't have to be famous okay, to be okay. rich and successful. You can be a local artist and still okay. be successful if you got those streams going. You know what I mean? Yeah, so when I say successful, I'm going to put a number on it. I'm going to say 100, 100 bands a year off of music. Can you do that without being famous, like Grammys and stuff like that? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. I know a lot of independent artists that's making over $100,000 a year and they're local artists. And that's like all music-based revenue? It's all music. It's based off streams. They have less than 500,000 followers on Instagram. You know what I mean? Less than that. But they're consistent with putting out music. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. So you have to be consistent with putting out the music. So as far as record labels go, do you do major labels offer the best record deals? The best record deals are based upon what your attorney negotiates. So every artist has the opportunity to negotiate their contract. When a contract is given to you, it's the standard contract. It's mm-hmm. up to your attorney to red light things, to point out things, to ask for more. It's up to you on what you accept. So when I hear stories about contracts that artists have signed, I'm not saying that, oh, there's no sympathy for them at all. You know what I mean? But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you did have the option to sign or not sign. And you decided right. to sign. But what I will say is that in the beginning stages, when these artists sign, they don't have the money to go out and get these high paid attorneys. You know what I mean? I'm not sure if they're having their attorney friend look it over. You right. get what I'm saying? Right. So you want to have the best person possible look it over. But here's another thing that I will say that I know from experience, a lot of attorneys are friends with the labels. So I say that to say, you may go get an attorney, but this attorney is friends with the labels. So, of course, the attorney is going to do what's in the label's best interest. And you won't know that. You won't know that. I've also seen it where there have been times where the label will discourage you from keeping your original manager. So, so many people will be like, oh, yeah, artists get on. As soon as they start popping, they leave their original management team. But you don't know that it was somebody inside of the label that kept encouraging to leave your ass, you know? Yeah, because Dang, you, you didn't deep. know the business. You didn't know the business. Yeah, you was just they homeboy from the beginning that was able to put money up, but you didn't know the business side of things. Right, you get right. what I'm saying? So it's a fine line between being loyal to that person and making the proper business move. Yeah, you know. Okay. Maybe you could keep that person on as a road manager because a road manager and a real manager is two totally different things. Yeah, you know. And see, it's but so yeah, much I will better. say, I will say that um, you have the opportunity to negotiate an agreement. Okay. If you don't like what's in that agreement, you don't have to sign it. You That's can right. take that contract and you can go to another label and say, "Hey, this is what record label A offered me. Can you top this?" That's right. And then you just get into a bidding war. You yeah. know what I mean? So That's all dope. you really need to do is get that first contract, and then you can start going to other labels and be like, "Hey." Such and such gave me this contract. Can you beat this? Yeah. Such and such gave me these numbers. Can you top that? You know? See, it's so much more that we can dive in just from what you just now said. But I got this this list and I'm going to try to get through this. But I got to get you on here for another one just based off of that answer. <laughs> I could definitely come back. Yeah. But um, so 
the media and you know like hip hop they make it all they always make it seem like record labels are like the devil it, are, are they the devil I won't say that record labels are the devil okay. but I will say I will say that you need to research and you need to know as much as you possibly can before you get excited about signing a record deal because it's all business. That's right. And nine times out of 10, they're not going to lay it all down on the line so you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. I've worked with artists that had made, I'm not going to say major success, but I've worked with artists that had a, a lot of success before signing to the label. That's why mm -hmm. the label wanted them because they had so much success independently. Right. Well, doing things independently versus doing things the way a major does, two totally different things. As an independent artist, maybe you want to put out music every Friday and that's what was working for you. Mm -hmm. With a major label, if we say, nah, that next <laughs> single ain't coming, that next single ain't coming. If we say yeah. we don't like the artwork, we don't like the artwork. If yeah. we don't like the song you pick, we ain't putting no money behind that marketing. So yeah. you're no longer in control. So what I would say is, yeah, you're no longer in control. What I would say is if you were able to get your own bank loan, because that's basically what a label is. They give you that money to be able to do whatever. But remember, you're not doing whatever. You know right. what I mean? You just now have the money to shoot videos. Maybe you didn't have money before. But if you're able to get a bank loan, if you're able to fund your own project, I would definitely continue to fund my own project and I would get a distribution deal. Well, great segue, because that's the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about is the difference between all these different type of deals. So I did a little research before I called you and I see that there are like 10 different deals just off rip that you can get. And what is a distribution deal? Well, a distribution deal is basically where you get to keep your masters. You own your masters. We don't pay for any of the A&R side. And when I say A&R side, we're not paying for your beats. We're not helping you get beats. We're not putting songs together. We're not paying for studio time. We're not paying for any of that. All a distribution deal does is help distribute the music and help with promotion, okay. promo and marketing. So what is that? So look you like? might hear you might hear the term a PMD deal, promotion, marketing, and distribution. So some artists would be like, "Oh, I'm not signed to a label. I'm not signed to a label." You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And technically, they're not signed, but you do have a distribution deal. So stop trying to take all the credit as if you're yeah. doing it independently with no help, right? Because right, you can't. Right. <laughs> you can't. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna be mainstream without help from somewhere. That you didn't do sense. it independently. Yeah. That makes sense. That does make yeah. sense. So another another type of deal that is very common that I hear about, and it usually got like a dark shadow over it, is a 360 deal. What is that? Well, with the 360 deal, the label actually makes money from however you make money. And when I say however you make money, they're going to make money when your song plays on the radio. They're going to make money when you sell merchandise. They're going to make money when you go on tour. They're going to make money when you get a sponsorship, um, a brand partnership or brand sponsorship. So just say, for example, you do, you team up with Sprite and now your face is on the side of Sprite. Instead of all that money coming to you, the label gets a percentage. The label actually gets a percentage of everything that you do. Okay. Now, whether or not, whether or not like that's a deal you don't want to do or you do want to do, it just depends. It depends on how much effort the label is actually putting into you as well. It's not fair for the label to eat off a of merch and they didn't even help you with the merch. Right. You get what I'm saying? It's not fair for them to eat off the brand partnerships and they didn't help you get that brand partnerships. But if they're helping get everything, then yeah, it's fair for them to get a percentage. So is that a bad deal? Is a 360 deal a bad thing? A 360 deal is not something I would recommend if the label is not helping you secure all those things. If you're the type of artist that's working your own stuff and you're making all of these moves for yourself, then you don't need a 360 deal. Why? It's like, why would you need a manager if you're the one that's booking all your shows? It makes sense. Yeah, why are you paying? Why are you paying a manager if he's not booking anything? He didn't get you any of those shows. You got them yourself. Why is the label getting money off your tour if they didn't give you any money in the tour support budget? You right. know? 
So because can, some artists will go on tour by themselves without the label paying for it. If they're in a 360 deal, the label still gets money from that yeah. tour. Yeah, now you got some artists print up their own merch. Yeah, <laughs> somebody prints up their own merch. Why is the label getting a percentage of the merch sales? They didn't help you print it. Right. So can any person go into like a label and get a meeting and just kind of like talk about a deal? Or is this no. something they have to call you about? No. It, no, you're not just going to be downstairs and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, come inside. Now, I have <laughs> done that before, just yeah. being nice. Like, I remember I ordered Uber Eats and the guy came and when he saw I was at Atlantic Records, oh, my goodness, he was so excited. And he rapped and he wanted to go inside. And I just yeah. felt like making his day that day. You yeah. know what I mean? I was like, oh, you want to come inside? Come inside. You know what I mean? Okay. But you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm outside in the lobby and I want to go talk to somebody. Nah, those meetings, like those are requested meetings from the A&R or someone in that building that wants to meet with you. I it's see. not about you wanting to meet with them. Okay, I see. So if you're a small town artist that got like a legit following and you're doing consistent numbers, like should you be like trying to reach out to an A&R to get in the studio? I mean, into a meeting or is it like, what you think? I, I think like if you want to, if you're trying to talk to somebody that's at the label, the best way to get that done is if you have an attorney that has those connects. Because your attorney, a music attorney, can make those phone calls. Because he got a Rolodex of people. He right. can call the label and be like, yo, I got this new client. This kid is fire. X, Y, and Z. You need to meet with him. Because Sony already sent me over a contract for him. You know yeah. what I mean? Or because Atlantic already sent over a contract for him. They're interested. This is the kid that you want. But yeah. you need to make sure that your social media and all that stuff is adding up. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that when they go online, it's really legit. You mm -hmm. need to make sure when they check your Spotify page, when they check your YouTube and all that stuff, you really got some legit numbers, right. you know? So now, luckily for Roddy, when he got signed, Roddy only had like 8,000 followers. You know? Yeah, but his YouTube was going crazy though, right? I mean, it was cool, but yeah. when I say most labels want numbers, they want huge numbers. Yeah. They want some unbelievable type numbers. Yeah. You know? And that's yeah. kind of what my next question is, is what are labels looking for? Does that answer just simply numbers? Yeah, they base it off of numbers and off of streams. Okay. It's sad, but it's like if you're not doing a million streams a week, you're not priority. Right. You know? Right. That makes and sense. that's a million streams a week. So I would be in these marketing meetings and we get the streams and it's so messed up because it would be top mainstream artists if they ain't getting a million streams a week. Like we'd be sitting here quiet and embarrassed. Like, oh, yeah. I don't want them to get to me because now they're about to ask me why my artist's numbers ain't high. Yeah. You know? I see. I see. Okay, so look, I got a few more questions. I know you got to get back to it. So no, you good. You good. You got time. Okay, okay. I'm not tripping. All right, sweet. Um, I wanted to know, like, with you working with a lot of the signed artists, not only you know independent artists, but being on the signed side of things, what's a mistake that you often see signed or upcoming artists making? I see a lot of upcoming artists make the mistake of signing a contract out of excitement. Mm. I see a lot of upcoming artists. Um, they don't do their research on the team that they're about to work with. So they sign with a label and they ain't even met the marketing team. They ain't even met the, their A&R. So they sign and then they get assigned an A&R person. They get assigned a marketing person. They get assigned a publicity person. But you don't even know like how you guys mesh. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you need to do your research on the company. If you check Atlantic Records, I don't believe there's any West Coast A&Rs. I don't mm. think there's ever been any West Coast A&Rs. Born and raised in California? No. So I've seen success with West Coast artists at Interscope. You get what I'm saying? Interscope is LA-based. Yeah. Okay, that mm -hmm. makes sense. Interscope, yeah. TDE, you know, YG, we'll sign the Interscope. So the depending on the type of artist you are, you need to research what artists like you have had success at which label. Yeah. You know? Uh, that's a mistake that that's a mistake that a lot of artists make. 
It's like with me and my music, which label has had success working with a artist like me? Yeah. Yeah, they have success working with sexually explicit rappers, but do they have success working with a female rap artist that's not sexually explicit? Yeah. Because then when I get over there, they may try to convert me to be like them. Yeah. And then it'll look like I'm not cooperating or I'm not doing what I need to do to be mainstream when I need to just be me because yeah. that's the reason why you signed me because right. I was me. You get what I'm saying? Labels have that kind of control over your image though, where it's like legally. They have a lot of, not, what do you mean by legally? Like, all right, how you say like, I understand you to not be like a sexually explicit artist, but it's like now that you signed to so-and-so, it's kind of like they got the kind of power that's like, you gotta I'm not gonna. <laughs> they're not gonna say you gotta do, but what they will say is what they suggest. You I know see. what I mean? Yeah. So when they start coming with video treatments and all this type of stuff, or when they start telling me what type of song I need to do, and when I don't do it, then they'll tell me that's the reason it ain't working. And then the next thing I look up and it's no money in my budget. It's no money yeah. in my budget because they'll say I don't cooperate and they're not believing in my purpose and what I want to do. They don't think that my route will work. Right. You know? I see. Yeah. And who is the person making these kind of calls inside of the label? Like, is it like the president or is it like your A&R or like who's making the kind of calls on what they suggest? Well, it's the marketing team that needs to do what they feel will sell. Yeah. So it's like if I'm working at McDonald's and you give me this burger, I got to figure out ways to sell it. And I'm like, yo, for sure we gotta put some cheese on this. You know, <laughs> this burger is not gonna sell without yeah. the cheese. I and see. you need way more sauce. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause I this ain't it. Okay. You know, but sense. but shoot, the burger could be saying, I don't want no cheese. I'm a burger. I'm not yeah. a cheeseburger. I'm a yeah. burger. Like go. I got seasoned. <laughs> like this patty is seasoned. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, nah, man, you need some cheese. You get what yeah. I'm saying? That's a yeah. perfect so, analogy. So then I'm like, shoot, well, if they want a cheeseburger, they better go get a cheeseburger because I'm a hamburger. There you go. You know? There you go. Hey, that's it pressure. Ain't a hamburger <laughs> or a cheeseburger. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It depends on your preference. Both of them sell. Ain't yeah. no way you can tell me a hamburger don't sell because if a hamburger didn't sell, they wouldn't have it on the menu. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? No cheeseburger without the hamburger. Exactly. Without the hamburger? Yeah. Come on. Don't Straight play up. with me. Straight up. Wow, don't that play. was perfect. You, yeah. you conjured that up. You had that one waiting in your back pocket. But yeah. So, but there's plenty of ways to sell things. So it just depends on how creative your marketing person is as well. They got to come up with some bright ideas. Yeah. You know, you everything can't be like the last thing. That's right. why everything is the same. Because they keep doing everything like the last thing. You got to do something different. That's right. That's right. Well, um, I also want to know how has your experience with working in the labels affected your decision making as an artist, you know, in your own career? My experience working in a label has has had an effect on me as an artist is because I'd rather like do as much as I can by myself without the help of a label. Right. I'd rather be able to do things without depending on a label because if you depend on a label, it could definitely slow down your progress. Yeah. If you depend, you have to also remember that you have people that's passionate that work at a label and you also have people that work at a label as a job. And some people that work at the label as a job, they will do the bare minimum just to yeah. keep their job. Yeah. Like there's a difference with pitching a song and really pushing a song. So when a song comes out, we put the song in a pitch tool. The pitch tool is what sends it to all the streaming platforms. The pitch tool is where you put the song in and you're hoping that you get on playlist. New Music Friday, it's lit, all that type of stuff. You could put it in the pitch tool, you did your job. You get what I'm saying? But if you're passionate about it, you're gonna push that song. You're gonna reach out and you're gonna be like, hey, I just submitted this song. You're gonna try to make sure the DJs have it. But at the end of the day, you can say, I put it in the pitch tool and you yeah. did your job, you know? 
But it's different so, yeah. when you got somebody passionate behind it. It's yes. Like, no, nah, like this, yes. that pressure. Yeah, I see. Yes, yeah. yes. It's a huge difference, Spence, a huge difference. You got to make sure that the person that's A&R in your project actually believes in your message and loves your music. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you it's like me. Line. I'm not a fan of autotune. So if you're giving me some music with autotune, automatically I don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's messed up. That could have been the best song of 2022. Yeah. And I done turned it off soon as I heard that out of time. Yeah, real talk. You know? Yeah. See, that's very interesting. I feel like you done dropped some va very valuable gems on us today. That is so pressure. And you I'm know, glad I'm, I was I'm, able to. Man, I'm glad that you made the time to hop on here and talk to us, man. T. Hey, y'all make sure that y'all go follow Lady T right now at Lady T. 429. That's L-A-D-Y-T-E-E 429. <laughs> yeah. And y'all look forward to more works. Go stream her album. It's out right now on all streaming platforms, strictly for my women. T, is there anything else that you think you want to say to the to, to the town before you leave? That's that's it. Uh yeah, my album is out strictly for my women. It's the album that's aimed to motivate, inspire, and uplift women. Like every single song is doing just that. You know what I mean? It talks about being in your own lane. It's talked about demanding respect because we queens out here, we ain't bitches, you know? That's I feel right. like that's like an over-glorified word in hip-hop, and I just hate that. Um, but yeah, y'all got to go listen to that album. It's the timeless album, and I'm not just saying it because I put it out. I'm saying it because that's really what it is. And I want people to know, too, it's a huge difference between making an album and making a playlist. But that's something else that we'll talk about because right. with an album, you got to be able, can you sum up your album and tell what it's about? You know what I mean? Yeah. The playlist is just song after song after song. But what was your album about? What was the overall message of your album? That's another thing. You also got to make sure that you stand out. You also got to make sure that you have a brand that represents yourself. People need to know what you stand for as an artist. Because to be honest, when I do bio interviews and I ask artists, like, what's one thing that makes you different from the rest? Everybody say, everybody rapping about the same stuff. And I'd be like, yo, hold up. Because yeah. I listen to your project. <laughs> And you rap about the same stuff. <laughs> you rap about the same stuff. You rap about the same exact stuff. So we're gonna have to work on that answer. You know what I mean? But yeah. this where you stand out and you're really different. That's what I would say. That's right. Well, yeah. hey man, like I said, y'all go follow Lady T right now. A very valuable person to know. Plenty of inspirational uh content being uploaded. Man, T, I appreciate you being on the podcast. It was a pleasure. I can't wait to do the next one. I have fun with you, Spence. Yeah, we definitely going to have to do another do one for another sure. Another one. All but right, I holla at me. All right, see you later.